Digital fundraising is here to stay. Techniques that you can use to increase your fundraising online. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by Justin Ware. Justin is the Senior Vice President of Digital for BWF. BWF is a national consulting firm helping nonprofits raise money across the United States and also part of the Giving Institute, which publishes Giving USA each year through the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And Justin, thanks for being with us. And of course, the COVID-19 pandemic has accelerated the use of digital online fundraising. Uh, yeah, I saw an, is- uh, an interesting national news story that said that changes in online retail that were expected to happen in the next five to 10 years happened in the last three to six months as we all started shopping online even more because of the pandemic. I'm understanding that a similar trend happened in digital fundraising that you saw in 18 and 19, an increase in digital fundraising that accelerated even more in 2020. What did you see in that regard? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Bill. I think uh, there was a McKinsey study that looked specifically even at workplace technology adoption, and they said the same thing. The first eight weeks of the pandemic, there was five years of uh, digital technology adoption in the workplace, and we're absolutely seeing that in the fundraising workplace and the nonprofit workplace. You know, so first, the immediate shift was major gift fundraisers saying, oh my goodness, we can't get on planes, we can't have our galas anymore, what are we going to do? Uh, so that created a, a really urgent need to provide, you know, almost like triage level digital training for gift officers to help them be able, be able to really use Zoom to communicate, to use recorded video, jump on FaceTime, establish Facebook groups and communities on the platform in that way. <clears throat> so, you know, that was obviously very necessary. Uh, and then what ended up happening with that is a lot of other things that go along with the digital side of it, because if you're going to be active on Facebook and if you're going to think about Facebook for major gifts work, well, you can think about how you can do a Facebook new prospect lead generation campaign and how you can find five, 600 new prospects in a matter of a few weeks by simply using the Facebook ads platform and then warming those donors through great content, through more social media activity, through email journeys to the point where you get to an off ramp two or three months later and you're feeding new prospects into a gift officer that may be a digital gift officer or a traditional gift officer. So that, you know, that immediately, I think, took place uh, in terms of the technology adoption. And more of it was tactical than it was uh, technology. In the technology space, we're starting to see the personalization. And you know, I read about a merger and acquisition today again, and it was you know, all of those buzzwords that we're all so focused on, the, the scalability of personalization. There's a lot we can do. I mean, we took a giant leap towards a world where there's no such thing as a generic website anymore. You know, we can, by connecting to a CRM, create bespoke microsites for everybody from not just the major gift side of things or even leadership annual gift side of things, but the annual fund. You know, if you're going to a giving, if you're going to send somebody an email, you know who they are. So why not send them an email that has their name on the Give Now button that talks about the funds they've supported in the past because you have that stored in your CRM. Uh, so, you know, there's there's been leaps and bounds both on the software and the technology side of things but also the tactical and how we do our jobs. And, and that, that certainly mirrors what you're talking about with that rapid acceleration of technology adoption. And in the end of 2019, BWF conducted a survey that showed that digital had become the primary method of reaching out, identifying, communicating with donors, surpassing direct mail. Uh, and as Justin described there, 2020 only saw an acceleration of that trend uh, due uh, primarily to the COVID-19 pandemic. And Justin, to pick up on, on one aspect of your answer there, 
we're not just talking about annual fund. We're also talking about major gifts and campaigns, right? Yeah, I, I think, at least from our experience, what we've witnessed in the past years, that's where most of the change and growth has happened. Um, because it, you know, it went from digital is great, and we did have some really innovative organizations and institutions that have been looking at digital for major gift work for quite some time now, but not the majority, I don't think. And that changed overnight because we all had to be. It went from the cool new thing to how we keep our doors open. Mm-hmm. And that obviously forced a lot of, you know, disruption pretty quickly. But they've adopted really well. Uh, they, they've adopted, they've, you know, they've we've looked at things like digital development officer positions. Uh, and, you know, you know, we, in a conversation with one particular institution, you know, they, we started talking about video and the power. And like they almost thought back and it was almost like a realization of the success they've had in the past where, they had a family of a donor. Uh, the, the donor had passed away and his family was looking to make a big gift to the institution. <clears throat> and they put together this really robust microsite that was just, you know, lots of different videos, you know, specific to the family that, you know, talked about the history and the donors, or, you know, the, the donors supported that organization over time. And, you know, the family was just so thrilled to have this remarkable, almost, you know, like uh, memorial piece uh, to their, 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 father or grandfather who had passed away and they ended up naming the business school after him through a gift. And, you know, it was kind of like they'd done that. It worked really well, but we just really hadn't thought about specifically how important that video piece and that website was. And now we're realizing that why, why wouldn't we be doing that for all of our major gift donors, whether it's in the cultivation phase or the stewardship phase. So again, it's, you know, it's part technology, having the technology be able to do things like create microsites part content, having the content team to be able to produce that type of content for a major gift donor. But then it's also having development officers who recognize when is the right time for something like that. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's all part of the change and a very dramatic shift from where a lot of places were in, you know, December, 2019. And just to amplify that point, as you mentioned, people now know about the technology, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, websites, now Zoom, Microsoft Teams, all these types of things. But what you're emphasizing isn't the platforms, it's the techniques being used within the platforms. And if I'm understanding you correctly, one of the big key takeaways is, is to not have general content out there, but have the content be as specific as possible, specific tailored to that particular recipient, or at least specific about different aspects about the nonprofit. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely right. So a good example, Um, we we have this tactic we call bookending videos. And it's just like it sounds. You have a video that's maybe a minute, minute and a half in length, and it's the same video you would send to everybody at a leadership level, uh, giving you know, maybe a mid-level. But instead of simply sending that video, you have a development officer or maybe support staff or in students we have, you know, or, or in higher education, we have our students, student gift officers who will record several hundred unique introductions, all of them only about 10 seconds in length. All you need to do is mention the donor's name and maybe one fact about their support. You know, mm. you've been a volunteer for this long. Your gift last year did this. Your, you know, your involvement in the President's Society has done this. By simply adding that, it, it really transforms things. I think that's probably something we want to look at in maybe our next, you know, digital survey. But anecdotally, you know, we've, we've seen, number one, they're much more likely to share that content, which we've seen lead to other uh, significant gifts. But number two, you just you're going to pay more attention. Remember that Google stat we talked about at some point where 57% of everybody who watches a video goes on to give to a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you make them watch a video? You address them by name and you tell them something about them that they didn't expect you to know at the beginning of that video. And then they're all leaders for the rest of it. Um, So, so yeah, that, that's a perfect case where, 
Now, there's also a way technology can enhance that because you can also then do something where you have, you know, a, a, a CRM setup that you can record, you know, hi, Bill, for a video, and everyone whose name is William or goes by Bill in a CRM then can get that personalized message. So it's, it's a combination of really good technology, uh, but then also understanding how to use that technology and training a team to use that technology. We have seen so many instances in the past several years where there's brilliant technology. The, the concept behind it is fantastic. What you can do with it is impressive. But because there hasn't been the behavioral change with the gift officers and the fundraisers to leverage that technology, you end up spending 25, 50, sometimes $100,000 for tech that just sits on a shelf because it never really becomes part of the day to day. You've got to have the one, two punch of really good technology plus a team that understands how to leverage that technology and a strategy that builds into their day to day and ultimately makes them more efficient and more effective. You know, back in the day when all we had were fundraising letters, we taught people that, you know, you had that first paragraph to really grab somebody's attention. And even before that, a compelling envelope to get somebody to open the envelope in the first place. When we think about now in the digital space with making these personalized, uh, you know, messages via video, uh, you know, keeping them as specific about the organization, not general about the organization and aspects about the nonprofit and so forth. It also sounds like I need a good story to tell. I need something compelling within that video. Can you help us understand that part of the technique that is really so necessary now in this growing digital space? Yeah, I mean, it's the, and that's probably the hardest thing to pin down is finding a creative team or person or even, I mean, it might be development officers who are the ones leading the charge on what this content can look like. Um, you know, you, you really have to think about the impact of giving in that message. Uh, and what donors have done. I think it's very important that your content usually comes back to telling the, the, the story of the difference that fundraising has made through your institution, how giving to your organization makes the world a better place, and here's how. Um, you know, some of the easiest uh, and most straightforward, I shouldn't say easiest, but some of the most straightforward examples come in the form of water charities around the world. Um, and we've seen it for mm -hmm. quite some time. Charity Water has done a wonderful mm -hmm. job mm -hmm. talking about how your $10,000 gift opens up a well in this community in Africa and provides these people with this much, you know, clean water. And it's transformative in this many ways, uh, you know, education of children, uh, you know, female empowerment for women who can now work outside of the home because they're not spending six hours a day, you know, retrieving water and being, being able to package that in a digital package and really kind of transport people to the site where their gifts are making a difference is everything. Um, but yeah, it, it, it requires a certain level of creativity and this is where the content piece is so important. You know, when you're thinking about how do I, how do I increase our resources for digital, we really encourage organizations not to, not to short sell the, the person power behind actually creating things like video content and not just creating the content, but really innovative thinkers who think about new ways to tell a story, new ways to package a story, how to use things like virtual reality, for example, for major donor engagement. Uh, that's all really critical. And of course, uh, 30 to 60, 90 seconds. People don't go online for a really long story. So we need to be able to tell that in a compelling way, very concisely. Justin, I want to ask you to look to the future. Technology never goes backwards. Uh, it only goes forwards. Uh, when the pandemic comes to a conclusion, certainly there will be some people who want to meet in person with the fundraiser. They'll want to go back to the in-person special event. 
and others won't. They'll be fine with, you know, Zoom meetings or online special events. What advice do you have for fundraisers as they prepare for the future? What do you think digital fundraising is going to look like when the pandemic is over? It's time to invest in and perhaps even rebalance the budget to allow for true multi-channel. Everything at every level, annual fund, mid-level, major gifts, principal gifts, needs to be multi-channel. Because even for those who are going to, and plenty of us will, myself included in some cases, run screaming from some of these you know, Zoom-only events, there's a lot that can be done in between to learn more about donors, learn more about communities, learn more about which content matters. I mean, you mentioned what, what stories do we tell? How do we package it? Well, that doesn't need to be guesswork either. I mean, yeah, great creative minds are one thing, but I mean, we have the ability to send out a microsite to somebody and watch exactly where their mouse is every second they're on that site. So mm -hmm. we can track to see, oh, well, you know, they, sure, they clicked on all three videos, but they really spend some time pouring over the text and the copy in this particular website. Uh, you know, so little pieces like that. And knowing then, okay, so we, we've, over the course of the year, we sent this person three different microsites. This is the one thing they come back to. It doesn't align with their past giving. It doesn't align with their degree. It doesn't align with this and that that we assume about them. But they're telling us. They are being very specific because through their behavior, this is what matters to me. This is what I've watched the most. This is what I've shared with my friends and my connections. And then when you do have that dinner with that individual, or you're sitting at their home or their business and you're having a conversation with them, you know in the back of your mind all the way through what really matters most to them. Uh, and it's little things like that, big things like that perhaps, that digital at a minimum will allow us to know our donors better, to be able to send them content that is going to matter to them, that they're going to click on and warm them and move them towards a bigger gift, reduce the runway between, you know, reduce the cultivation runway to a point where we're actually getting to a solicitation. Uh, and that, again, that's multi-channel. Even if we're not, you know, we're not making the ask, we're not having the conversation online, it's all of the digital activity and smart prospect researchers, smart fundraisers who are able to really use that digital data to just be much more precise and much better stewards of the donors who and prospects that they're engaging. So the future includes multi-channel approach to our donors, uh, includes hybrid, in-person, and online. Our special events might include both. It might not be an in-person or an online special event, but a hybrid special event. Uh, and so all these aspects, Justin, what implications does this now have for the fundraising profession? When I'm looking to hire a fundraiser or when I think about training and ongoing professional development, what do you see there? I mean, understand, understand digital, understand video. Uh, if you're looking for a future in fundraising at this point, if you want to be a major gift fundraiser, for me, you know, send in a, a cover letter and send in your video cover letter as well. So you can demonstrate how you can communicate effectively uh, using, you know, a recorded 60 second video or something to that effect. Uh, you know, we, we have to, we have to be, we have to be focused on data and, you know, there's obviously a lot of data out there. We've had data for quite some time, but we really need tools that allow us to take action on it. And again, not just tools, but strategies that take action on that as well. We've got to be really detailed. In number one, how we're going to accumulate that data. Number two, how we're going to make sure that it's clean and accurate. And then number three, what is it, how are we going to use that data to have more conversations, to be more precise in our stewardship and our cultivation, uh, to better inform our solicitation strategies so that it's, it meets the donor where they are how they're thinking, how their how their mood is, and just allows us to be much more effective. So I, I think, you know, it's you don't have to be a technologist, but I think you it's very important to understand how all of these pieces come together and help you be more successful in the strategy. 
And as we expand on one of your recommendations, please, you're recommending that if the capacity is there, a nonprofit should hire a full-time digital fundraiser. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're at, we've actually seen it now in recent months where <clears throat> we've replaced major gift officers and, you know, they, they have open positions, for example. And instead of, you know, trying to find the right gift officer, they said, well, let's just do this differently. Now, here's our opportunity to hire a digital development officer. We've seen other organizations that have hired a half dozen for uh, mid-level giving, you know, because you look at a lot of these, these places that have 10, 30, 50,000 mid-level prospects who, for the most part, up to this point, have really gotten a glorified annual giving experience. But through digital, we can reach a lot more of them with a much more personalized, personally managed, uh, even if it is through digital means experience. And I mean, that obviously does wonders for mid-level programs in terms of just overall revenue and retention, but moving them up into the major gift pipeline as well. Um, so, so yes, the, the digital development officer, uh, sometimes you can see them uh, digital gift officer, or again, in higher education, we might call them student gift officers, depending on the role. Uh, but that's, that's an increasingly important position, either as a standalone position or working with your current gift officer team to give them some of these digital tools to be successful because ultimately it makes them more efficient and more, more efficient and more effective. So everything from a full-time staff position or positions dedicated specifically and solely to digital fundraising to all of us needing to strengthen our digital fundraising skills. The future is here. Justin Ware is the senior vice president of digital for BWF. Meanwhile, at the fundraising school, your professional development can continue, including digital fundraising training uh, through our public courses and our custom training. Our public courses are available in person and online, uh, and you can attend with a crisis response scholarship that reduces the registration fee by 50%. Our custom training can be designed specifically for your nonprofit, your association, your region, whatever makes most sense for you. Our custom training is available, along with our quarterly webinars, our Fridays with the Fundraising School online chats, and of course, these free podcasts. All the information is available online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the Fundraising School. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.